Okay, we've got Mary Kay Placey. We're talking about the Netflix storyline. Now, you have to buy a new TV. You know you don't have to buy a new TV. You watch it on but your I computer. To, I don't want to watch it on my computer. But if you, you can get it up to the TV through your Apple TV. That's right. That's what I did in Paris, by yeah, the way. Yeah, you know. I got to get all this stuff, but I've been so busy. I haven't had time to do the homework and find out what's going to meld with my DirecTV and my Well, you don't need DirecTV anymore. You've got nothing to do with but it. But I like it. <laughs> you like it. What I like my watch? options and I don't know what I'm going to have. And I, I have so much homework to do and research yeah. before I can get up running again with the streaming right. situation. Right. You ask her what she watches. You can watch anything on DirecTV. Well, but but who watches cable direct and all that stuff I anymore? I do sometimes. But you really, you know, you know. I watch the Long Island Medium. I have to confess. Oh, that's okay. Now that's what this is all about. She it's, likes. That's not what it's all about. It's one <laughs> tiny itty moment of yeah. what it's about. But I have my routine, and now it's all disrupted, and I have to research what is going to serve me in the future, yeah. and that I have access. And I just haven't had time to do that. Haven't had time. Not remotely. Yeah, but you know, that's the thing. And that's why streaming, here, I'm going to push this mic even closer for you. That is (laughs) why the streaming is so brilliant because you do everything on your own time. You DVR the stuff like Long Island Medium. Yes, I have a magical playing list. Yeah. But in no time because I've had to watch 925,000 films in order to vote. Yeah, right. Uh, So I've been uh, consumed with... With beautiful things to watch. Yeah. Well, um, you mentioned voting, and I do want to talk about that because um, there is a method that most people do with the voting. They vote for their friends, you know. But I had the uh, talk about viewing things. I had the pleasure of uh, on my flight just last week of seeing the movie Diane, <gasps> which is a master. Peace, by the way. When we worked together on AJ and the Queen, you told me that this film, Kent Jones, Kent Jones? Yes, it's that the writer-director. Yeah, that this movie was coming out and to look out for it. And I'd read some things before you came on uh, AJ and the Queen. I'd read some things about it, mm-hmm. uh, that you were doing it. And then I got to finally see it on the airplane. It's called Diane. It is a masterpiece. And, and I say that because the pacing of it is in the masterful style that the great auteurs of film have mm-hmm. done where it's it's not a, it's not a super it's not a marvel movie by right. the way it's no it superhero it could not be further <laughs> it's not commercial in any way but it tells tell me about Diane tell me the process of how you got that role um Kent Jones saw a movie I did uh, that Francis Ford Coppola directed called The Rainmaker with Matt Damon, John Voight, a whole wonderful group of major actors. And that was in the 90s. Yeah, like the 90, 95 or yeah. 6. And it came out with barely a blip on the Richter scale. Uh, but it was an interesting movie. And I played this uh, mother whose son is being messed with by the insurance company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a strong, really interesting character. It was the first time I used, not the first time, but the most successful time I used dream work. I worked with Sandra Seacat, who's an acting coach, who's been, been, been around for years that I've studied with. And you use images from your personal dreams you give yourself dream assignments and you and it builds a bridge to the unconscious and i really had an amazing experience making that movie oh wow uh, matt damon and i had many scenes together and it was really an exciting experience working this way hmm. kent saw that movie and was immediately reminded of his mother and aunts and cousins in western massachusetts his mother came from a big matriarchal family he was an only child he loved all of them, and he said, Mary Kay could play my family. Yeah. Sixteen years later, I met him at the Berkshire Film Festival in West Western Mass. He grew up in Pittsfield, which is in that community of Great Barrington, Lenox, mm-hmm. Pittsfield, and um, the Berkshires. And we were on the jury together. I came home. I got an email from him right away saying... I can't believe I met you because I've always been wanting to write this movie about my mother and her family, and I want to write it for you. Wow. And I was just shocked. 
and thought, well, I wonder if he ever really will write it. Yeah. Or what, this is amazing. But I felt that he would. It seemed like it was a, It was one of the greatest letters I've ever received. It was beautifully oh, written. Oh, he didn't tell you at the festival. He told no. you later. He, he, he was, he, we just had met and we got to know each other. And then he came home and said, yes, I want to do this. Yeah. And sent me the email. What are his other films? This is his first narrative feature. He's done um, Truffaut, a lot of documentaries with Marty Scorsese, mm -hmm. who he's known for many years. And he did the Truffaut Hitchcock documentary. Uh, he's a film critic, scholar, and has written many things for Film Comment and the Lincoln Center Film Society. Yeah. So he's steeped in film history and knowledge. And and the the role of the son, uh, Diane's son, would that be Kent Jones? No, no. He he had a very close childhood friend that he grew up with, however, who was a drug addict. Mm -hmm. But he never did that. And Diane is not literally his mother. She's mm -hmm. an you know a gathering of many elements of his matriarchal family, but. I immediately then so two years later I there's a script in my inbox mm -hmm. and I read it and I couldn't put it down I read the whole thing so fast which doesn't usually happen usually you're thinking about something else and your mind's all over How did he convey cuz there's a lot of quietness in the movie too how do you convey these feelings that he evokes in a script Well it, you just the, the the rough scene is there. The it, it comes hopefully from the emotional work you've done in advance, but there's also a big element of grace through the gr grace of God. Mm -hmm. Sometimes these things work, and sometimes they don't. And with all good intentions, intentions that energy is not present. So mm -hmm. this was nobody knew how it was going to turn out or what was, and I. I couldn't even believe we got the money to make it. Mm. Now, we did get $2.49 to make <laughs> okay. it. Okay, that's good. But did you, we did, had were you every, able to pay it back? I, I don't know that we've done that yet. <laughs> but we had everything we needed. Yeah. We absolutely had all the time we needed. And I began working on it way in advance, way before I even knew we, that we really would get the money. And I also thought, no one's going to let me do this movie and be the lead because I'm not bankable. Mm. Um, but we made it for so little. But but we got executive producers and everybody. And and Kent's didn't blink an eye. He said, "No, you're yep. you're Diane. That's it. You absolutely are Diane. And it is such. It's a role of a lifetime. It is a role. I, that role taught me so much. Even and it was a such a gift and an amazing experience to shoot it to figure out the choreography of the interior dialogue as juxtaposed to the exterior dialogue mm -hmm. the movement choreography the rhythm of each scene had a slightly different rhythm and just figuring those things out was so fun it was so fun now i don't want to give anything away but it's about a, a mother uh it's actually it's not really a, a part of the story is about a mother's relationship with her son who has some addiction issues but it really does tell the story of of america in a way it tells the story of the the stillness of that area of the if you've ever lived outside of a major city uh there's a stillness yes. that is that everybody knows, and this movie captures it, and it captures some of the, some of the hopelessness that you feel when you are so still and you are left with your your feelings. And and you know, where are you from originally? I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma, with Texas parents. My father was from a town just like The Last Picture Show in West Texas called Rule, R-U-L-E, Texas. And my mother was raised in Port Arthur. Uh, the Rule town being very tiny, the Port Arthur being larger, but still a small town, both of them. Yeah. So this, even though that was Texas and Oklahoma, in my experience, it was exactly the same yeah. with a different accent. I was well, going to say, you escaped the accent. Yeah, I had no accent, except occasionally one would, my Southern, 
thing would fly out and we'd just do it again. Uh-huh. <laughs> and tried to be accentless. Yeah, well, that's part of the charm of the movie, too, in that it I wasn't quite sure where it was initially because there are long scenes of, of between, between scenes where there's a, a, a camera in front of a car just going down a road. And if you've ever lived in anywhere in America like that, you know that feeling, that just... That that road. And it's it's any road USA, yeah. really. That's true. It's beautiful. And that was something that was in the script, which I didn't totally understand, but I liked the repetition of it because I was familiar with that repetitive yeah. thought, you know, that it is part of a habit every day and you can't take a subway, you can't walk, you've got to get in your car. That's right. But it reminded me of my grandmother, of my both of my grandmothers. The small towns, my grandparents, the community that we knew as children and grew up with, we went and saw all the neighbors every time we came to visit. I mean, it just, and we would go down the one big strip town, you know, one stoplight, main, one street and drag in town, and you saw everybody. Yeah. The grocery store, everyone that you knew. That sweet small town mentality. Yeah, yeah. This movie, I can't say enough about it. In I can't fact, wait to watch it. I'm going on the plane on Monday. Yeah. That's my first pick. <laughs> Good, because I when I got off the plane, I thought, oh, I need to go what on airlines? Twitter. What airlines? I didn't know it was, it was on, on Air I, France. Yeah, I think it's only on international. I'm going international? Flight. Yeah. Well, God love. Yes! Yeah. Luck. Yes! I uh, watch that yeah, again. because I got off the plane, I thought, oh, I need to start campaigning for the Oscar for this. I need to get on Twitter, and everybody says, do not sleep. On Diane. Is there a campaign? in? No, we had no budget for a campaign. They did send, uh, IFC's our distributor, and they did send some DVDs and streaming links to the critics' organizations, Mm -hmm. which was enormously helpful because Mm -hmm. we did get uh, acknowledgement from many of the major critics. In fact, tonight I won the L.A. Critics Best Actress Award. Yeah, oh, congratulations! Thank you. The LA Critics Best Actress Award for Diane. Yes, and tonight is the no tomorrow night. Today's Friday. I'm still writing my speech. Well, I, no, I was wondering. <laughs> that, is that why you got your hair done? Your hair is real pretty today. No, I did my hair. You did, did you? It. I did. I rat it up and spray the hell out of it. <laughs> you know how to do that. Honey, I I've can't do mine. I've That's been impressive. doing it. Well, I can't do every hairdo, but I can do this one. It's yeah. usually this one. Uh, you no, I've done it since I was in, hair. you know, junior high school. Wow. Yeah. Um, in in the movie Diane, which is so fabulous, you wear a, a human hair wig in it. Yes. And w- when an actress starts a movie like that, the choice to wear a human hair wig, which is, by the way, the smartest choice mm-hmm. in case you have to go back and do reshoots and your hair is, your natural hair is different. Plus it saves you uh, an hour or two getting ready. Well, not really. No? But still, because you got to get it on just right or, you know, the hair police are going to come yeah. and get, the wig police are <laughs> well, going to come Well, but, you know, Diane wears a hat a lot of the time, but it's on the back, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But- what year was this? What years the movie take place? We don't know. There is oh, okay. no time, yeah. <laughs> it's not an era. Yeah. It's, Got it. It's kind of timeless in that way. Yeah. But Tell I me did, about the choice to wear a wig, though. What? Well, because my hair, I, I this is the hair I wear in 90% of the jobs I have. So mm-hmm. I wanted nothing to do with the way I normally look. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be totally different, thus having dark hair. And I did not want to dye my own hair dark right. because it's too hard on your hair. Yeah. And because I didn't want to have to worry about my hair, mm-hmm. there was one look. We put that wig on, and I. But I was really strict about the wig we got, and I insisted on being there for the, you know, to find it. Yeah. So it we again would not be arrested by the wig police. Right. Who did it? Who did that wig? Because it's a good wig. It's uh, a good wig. Someone made it, and I'm ashamed to say I can't. In New right. York, lace front. Made, Yes. Yeah. It was made in New York, and I'm sorry, whoever you are, that I cannot yeah. say it's, maybe your name it's, right Is it Barry, uh, Barry Hendrickson? Hendrickson from Bits and Pieces? It could be, but I, I literally cannot yeah. even remotely remember. But I was thrilled when we got it, and it was an easy wig to wear. It was comfortable, and it worked. Yeah. Now, uh, have you worn wigs in, in movies before? Yes. Yeah. And do you have, do you get to keep the wig? I have a few from Big Love. Uh-huh. But they're for Such a Mormon. A uh, they're, a, they're Mormon. They're There's... long and they're, 
the braids. So I, I should cut them and use them for something, but I've never done it. I, I never seem to have time to... Oh, you can bring that to whatever you're doing, and a real wig master that's can right. have their way with yes, it. Yes, that's right. But I, I've never figured out what I would. It's only the back portion. It's it's a, a three quarter. Yeah. yeah, it's a three quarter. Yeah, yeah. Now um, we're going to go to break in a minute, and we're going to talk about Loretta from uh, Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman, which but is, we also should talk about this dream thing because this is. I want to talk about this dream thing, yes. which is so brilliant. <laughs> We've never heard of that. No, never heard of that, and it feels like it feels like you use some of that in the movie Diane, where you are going to go to break, but in the movie Diane, there is one section that in my mind, I don't have to know the answer to this, but in my mind, it was a dream uh, 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 sequence where uh, Diane uh, partakes in a little uh, extracurricular. That was definitely a dream. Yes. And people have thought it, there have been people who've written about that scene just outraged Yeah, that Diane would do that. And it's a dream. Uh, yeah. She would never do that. Well, without giving anything away, Diane uh, does something. Uh, I don't know. How would you put it? I don't want to give anything away, though. Uh, Not people. unexpected. She does something very unexpected mm-hmm. with a very young dude. Mm. and Who was the most soulful, one of the most soulful human beings I've ever met in my life. Really? Who is in real life a director. Oh, where, where was it filmed, this movie? Uh, upstate New York. Upstate New York. Yeah. yeah, Kingston area. Uh-huh. And the movie, um, when I read the credits, I saw names. I thought, wait a minute, Glynis? That was Glynis O'Connor? <laughs> you know Glynis O'Connor? Yeah, absolutely. From every but- teen movie from the 70s yes. ever. Yes. Old to Billy Joe, yeah. everything. She's in every- she, You don't recognize her in this movie because she's she's a, a 60-year-old woman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that's the beauty of it. Yeah. When you don't recognize and then you go, there's a twinkle and you, you think- Oh my God! I yes. love that. Moment. How about that ensemble cast? It's Those women brilliant. are unbelievable, aren't they? Oh my, uh, Van Patten, um, Joyce Van Patten, Joyce Van Patten, and uh, that woman who plays the um, um, the cigarette smoker, Phyllis Somerville. Yes, I just saw her in Palms. Did you see that movie about the Palms? She's about the unbelievable, unbelievable at that kitchen table. Oh, it's we don't fantastic. have enough time and in one day to watch everything, you guys. No, we don't. I know, we're overwhelmed, overcontented. Talking about the movie Diane, which uh, Mary Kay Place has won the Best Actress Award for the L.A. Critics, which says so much. Uh, which is you talking um, about the critics? I, I, you know, I know the nominations for the Oscars and the come National out. Society of of uh, Film Critics. Yes. You Oh, tell it, Mary one, Kay Place. Hopefully, that, that w- they were both shocking. Hopefully, to... that will, uh, you know, inform the Academy of yeah. voters because this is a film that needs to be uh, to be seen by everyone, and, and you deserve an Academy Award for this role. You really do. Had you have you picked out the outfit for the LA Critics Award? Thing? I do have an outfit. What, I what went, are you wearing? I'm well. It's a more casual event, so Where is it I held? had a uh, at the century in Century City at something International Hotel Continental. Uh-huh. Is yeah. there a dinner? There's a dinner. Great. I'm going and I'm telling a speech. Great. <laughs> Just the way I like it. It's probably too long. No. Maybe not funny enough. Uh, who won the Best Actor? Uh, or who's nominated? No, for uh, L.A. Film pa- uh, Antonio Banderas for oh, Pain for and Glory. Pedro, Pain and, and Glory, yes, yes the, which uh, I a love. Motor film, yeah. I absolutely love that. I haven't seen it. It's really moving. Wow. He's never been better, really? Antonio Banderas. And he's really, he's he really all... moved me. Wow. I want to see that. I think I have a screener for it. But we were talking earlier about there's not enough time nope. in the li- in a lifetime nope. to watch all this stuff. That's why, you know, on an airplane, I get to see all this stuff. Where do you get where do you get to see things? For for me, I I get the screeners as well. Yeah. Um, which is does not help because the new computers don't have DVD drives anymore. Right. So I know. I, I hate that yes. too. So that's a problem. I just watched Marriage Story, which I was blown away. I loved by. it. I loved, loved every it. second yeah. of it. Yeah. Because um, it, it played out like a play, didn't it? Yeah. It was like watching a play. Yeah. But for me, I'll watch them when I get ready. You uh-huh. know, that's how I watch everything, oh, whether it's God. Netflix, Hulu, Hulu streaming, uh, HBO, uh-huh. Go, whatever it is. I have to watch everything on my laptop, which is why. Yeah. 
DirecTV is not so necessary. Or not just DirecTV, because I love DirecTV. Yeah. Cable but, providers. Yeah. But I like to get in bed and st- or in the living room, which I'm, I am setting up a new system there, but I have a renovation to go through first. But And stretch my legs out and just get in em- and turn you the lights out and get emerged. You can do all of that. I've watched Fleabag on my Oh, computer. isn't it brilliant? Yes. Brilliant. Yes. Yeah. The second season. Brilliant. Uh-huh. Andrew Scott. Oh, oh brilliant! God. Everyone, yes. he's the, he's, that's the name on everybody's tongue right now right. is yep. Andrew Scott. Yep. Most romantic, sexy, flirty, hilarious characterization I've ever. I mean, and and new said brilliant things about spirituality that weren't off putting and yeah. and but true and yep. relevant and contemporary and mindful. Yeah. Did you grow up with a spiritual practice? Uh, not really. My fa- I'm the only person in my family that has any spiritual interest whatsoever. Ever. But my mother's mother was a born on a farm in Mississippi, raised on a farm, and was a Southern Baptist and became in the 30s a Christian scientist, mm. which blew her family. I'm sure. Mind. Yeah, yeah. And I went to that church. My mother sent my brothers and I just to expose us to something. And then said, take of it what you want and don't worry about about the rest. So we never had any pressure to go to church, and my parents never went. Yeah. But I was the only one, because of my highly sensitive nature, yeah. that thought I was intrigued by it. So yeah. I got the gene that my maternal grandmother had yeah. with the spiritual there's, interest. There's a funny scene in the movie Diane uh, that— uh, talking about churches and stuff that I just loved so much because there's uh, Diane's son's uh, uh, wife or girlfriend is trying to get uh, Diane to go to their church, and Diane has had enough. And she- well, it's a fundamentalist church, and she has her own church. She has an Episcopal church she goes to, which is much more inclusive. Yes, and not as judgmental as the son and. Who's Jake Lacey, by the way? Who's also quite brilliant. Oh my goodness! Part. I can't say unbelievable good things about this movie. And you know, having just worked with you and AJ and the Queen, and uh, uh, and spent you know quality time with you, I saw this movie and I couldn't be more proud of you. Couldn't be more oh, proud thank of you. you. Just wonderful. And I've been a fan of you for for many many years, starting with Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman. Yes. I think that's where most people yes. got to see. That was nineteen seventy six. But we won't mention the, the. I was going to say we won't yeah. mention the year, but that's okay. <laughs> oh well, it's all on the. Yeah, internet. even if you watch it now, you can see the yeah. difference in the way it was filmed. And right, it just yes. looks different. It you know looks what I mean? different. Yeah. yeah. And so, how did you get that part? Because had you done things before that? Let's see. I was writing for television. I I came in my Volkswagen from Tulsa, Oklahoma, the summer of 69, Mm -hmm. the year Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Mm -hmm. takes place. Mm -hmm. And I I was in, I I was a clerk typist at Music Clearance, and Music Clearance, which is where I learned about music publishing for Mm -hmm. later as Loretta. I had publishing on a lot of my music, at least half. Great. They don't give it to you anymore, but back then they did. And, um, so I was in production. I was a dog in a children's show, and and exe- and then also one of the producers. I had a, a, an assortment of you know jobs. I worked for Tim Conway. Started writing some comedy oh, wow. sketches with him. Then I worked for I was on Maud, Norman Lear's mm-hmm. spinoff from All in the Family. Mm-hmm. And the first big thing I did. Um, I had a few little jobs, but I wrote a song, If Communism Comes Knocking at Your Door, Don't Answer It, (laughs) for a sketch that I was trying to write because I used to love to watch the Miss America pageants back then. And there would always be these girls going, for my talent, I am doing an original oration on America versus democracy versus communism. (laughs) And I have written a, co-written a song to accompany that oration. <laughs> so I taught it to my girlfriend who I'd worked at KHJ with. She was in the newsroom, Patty Weaver, and she was a she came from a fundamentalist Christian family, really good singer, and we would harmonize together all the time. And so we harmonized and we had a farmer's daughter motel uh-huh. and restaurant was yeah. across the street from CBS TV City back then and um still is we had a glass of wine at lunch which one was did back in those days mm-hmm. now i would i'd have to go take a nap yeah. if i did that <laughs> but um 
And we were singing that song in the parking lot coming back, and the head writers for All in the Family heard the song and told Norman about it. And he said, and she was just getting ready to leave. She'd walked back up to the audience. He said, Mary Kay, will you all sing that song? And I mean, my throat closed. I Mm. couldn't believe it. And he said, how would we sang it? He roared laughing. He said, how would you like to sing that on All in the Family uh, on an episode? Mm. We'd love it. Yeah. You know, what do you mean? No, thank you. We'll pay you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, so that was the first big break. But then later, um, I started, so I was typing 925,000 versions of scripts for for Maude, worked for the head writers, Um, and um, Bob Scheller and Bob Weisskopf, and my friend Barbara Gallagher and and, uh, Sybil Edelman decided to write a spec Mary Tyler Moore script, which was all the rage back then yes. and we watched it faithfully every weekend yeah. and she was a role model for all of us women Absolutely. in in the business at that time and I thought well god I'm as funny as she is uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write a script and I met had met Linda Bloodworth who was she teaching. wasn't Thomas then? She was just no. Linda she was Blenda from Poplar Bluff, Missouri, who had just moved out. She was teaching English in Watts at Jordan High School. Wow! And she really <gasps> made me laugh, and we hit it off. And I, I had this idea based on a real thing that happened working at CBS, uh, kind of an all about Eve thing with Mary, this really cute, wholesome girl who's you think. Wait a minute. Is she who she says she is? Uh-huh. Who's an intern? Anyway, we wrote a spec script. We got an agent, the agent of the head writer on Maud the next day. And suddenly we had writing assignments. We did MASH. We did Mary Tyler Moore. We did Phyllis. We you did, just went into the writer's room with everyone. There was no writer's room back then. You uh-huh. had your own episode to do. And then they would work with it after you turned it in. I but, see. Uh, Larry Gelbart... And the whole MASH group, the director whose name is escaping me right now, he used oh. to be the Writers Guild, I mean, the Directors Guild president. Not Barry, Barry Sachs, no, it was um, uh, Jerry Sachs, no. No, this uh, was early on, but uh, it'll come to me in a minute. But yeah. Larry Gelbart and this man, who was a wonderful human being, mentored us in the most wonderful, lovely way. Jim Brooks was a mentor mm-hmm. on Mary Tyler Moore and Albert Alan Burns and... Then I was asked by Norman to write a pie. Robert pie. Altman, the director? No, no, he directed the movie the of movie. MASH, yeah. Um, wrote a pilot, a couple of pilots. Norman. Is it Larry Charles? No. I'm no, no, way pre before that. Okay. This yeah. was in the early 70s. Yeah. You were a mere child. <laughs> no, well. <laughs> um, but anyway, Norman. We had written a pilot for Norman that eventually became One Day at a Time, but many Mm. other writers later. And he called me in on Mary Hartman and wanted me to play uh, Mary Hartman's sister, Kathy. Mm -hmm. But I saw that Loretta role, and I Mm -hmm. said, I was born to play that Uh role, just like I was born to play Diane. Yeah. And I said, that's the role I went. So there were lyrics in the uh, script, but no music. So I wrote, I created a tune for the lyrics. And I said, can I please audition as well for the Loretta role? Mm-hmm. And eventually got it. And got it. And that is where everyone got to see you. So when you did a guest spot on Maud, were you a friend of Carol's? Is that what you were? What what role did you play on Maud? Um, <clears throat> no, it was an All in the Family. Oh. I was working on Maud. Oh, you were working on I see. Yeah. But the actual part was on All in the Family, and it was... Um, Gloria's friend. Okay. And my girlfriend and I had on nighty, you know, like little short nightgowns, and we were at a slumber party with... Um, Sally Struthers. Yes, and her mom. Yeah, oh, uh, right, um, Jean Stapleton. Yes, but yeah. what is her name? Uh, Edith Bunker. Edith, Edith Bunker. Now, can you believe that? series of all time. Yeah. <laughs> and wasn't that reboot amazing recently? It was I didn't so see it. Now, fun. it is on Hulu. It's on Hulu. I didn't get a chance to see it. I didn't get a chance to see it. I'm a little bit afraid, it. though, to be completely <clears throat> honest, but you're saying no, it was, it's good. No, it was fun. 
I mean, nothing's going to replace the right. original cast, but it was really, really, really fun. Uh, Charles S. Dubin, does that sound right? Or Dubin? No, okay. I'm going to find I'm, yeah, I'm out of Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. And these... forgive me, you know who you are yeah. in heaven right now. <laughs> He's passed away. Well, it's interesting, though, the stories of how people are able to find a way in, because there are many people who typed 900,000 pages for other shows or, uh, you know, had a role here, had a role there, but you are still here. Why do you think you're still, you're still with it and that people still want you? Well, I don't know why people still want me, but, (laughs) but I'm still in it because I don't give up and because I enjoy very much the work and I'm, and I don't care how much I get paid. I'm starting to care more. Yeah, of course. But I mean, it's not about the money, never has been. Right. It's about what is the part, what does it say about the human condition? What does it say about what is it to be human? Yeah. And what are we sharing? Yeah. What are what kind of story are we telling? And there are plenty of things, um, but not too many that I've been in that I've done as favors or mm-hmm. Because I simply wanted to work, I wanted the exercise of work. But most of it, and I've done a lot of small independent films, but there was a scene or some part of the part that spoke to me and moved me in some way. And I thought, this is a good story to tell. Because in the 90s, in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, you were the indie darling. You were in so many independent films. What what did you attribute that that resurgence of Mary Kay Place? Well, I took a break after Mary Hartman ended. We did 325 episodes in a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. It was we did five shows a week. It was all consuming everybody. The person that cleaned the restrooms was needed to go to a rest home after that was (laughs) up. I mean, it was, and and it was the mid 76, 77, the whole country was in nuts. Nuts. People were doing drugs. It was insane. It was People, Jim Jones, uh, that remember that bus uh, kidnapping the McClinton, the, the, the children in. Uh, it was it was a crazy time. The it's culture the bicentennial. was out of con- the bicentennial. Yeah. Yes, we had that on Mary Hartman. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> it was a crazy, crazy period. The most conservative people were doing things they had no business doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made three albums for Columbia Records during that time. That was a lot, plus five shows a week, plus movies. The scheduling of all of that was insane mm-hmm. because people were doing drugs and behind schedule, mm-hmm. such <laughs> as some certain directors of projects and mm-hmm. things. And so there was so much stress involved. It was all exciting, but also doing three albums, I never imagined I would be doing that because I'd never been on the road. I had always loved singing. I'd always loved writing songs, but I hadn't pursued that as a career because I thought I had no business. And when I had opportunities to make albums, I thought it would be Laverne and Shirley sing the 50s hits. Uh-huh. And I thought, <laughs> not wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I loved it. But I thought, if I'm going to do this, I really want to take it seriously and do a real album. And when Emmylou Harris came along and her producer, Brian Ahern, I had a chance to work with, you know, Dolly Parton and all yeah. the top musicians and singer-songwriters. And it was so thrilling and so exciting and it was just unbelievable but I really hadn't done all the homework so again there was a lot of nerves and extra not making the albums but performing live Mm -hmm. I didn't have enough experience doing that Mm. so all of this I was fried as a country corn fritter Mm. Mm. at the end of this period and I had a sort of depression because I needed to go to the next level of consciousness Mm -hmm. and I was still using my old family ways of being and I needed to carve out what worked for me. Mm -hmm. So I took some time, I mean, I worked during that next decade, the 80s, but I really had to work through a big depression because that was the only way I would stop. That's right. Because yeah. I would just kept going, 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 because I didn't know any better. I didn't know how to pace myself. Or... I want to ask you about that. And we will talk about this dream uh, therapy. It's so interesting. That we're we're going to go to a break real quick. We've got Mary Kay Place. We'll be right back after this. 
You know, Michelle, I wake up every morning and I stretch, then I meditate. Mm -hmm. Now, are you still meditating? Every day. I love it. You know, I wish everybody had the opportunity to do it because it, it clears a space in your consciousness for new information and new consciousness to come in. And it allows you to kind of do an inventory of the things you don't need anymore. Absolutely. And there's so many people that aren't, like myself, that are not able to do it on my own yet. And yeah. I still use an app. No shame, no game. Let me tell you something. I absolutely love Calm. It is the beginning of a new year, Rue. It's the opportunity to create a new habit and, and be our happiest, healthiest selves. If you want to sleep better, if you want to feel less stressed, you need Calm. It's the easiest way to improve your mental and physical health and start your 2020 off right. Calm is the number one app for sleep, relaxation, and meditation. They have sleep stories, which are like bedtime stories for adults. They also have soothing music from artists like Sam Smith, guided meditations, which I love, breathing exercises. And if you go to calm.com slash rue, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off of a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming. Over 60 million people use Calm. Join them today to accomplish your goals tomorrow. So for our listeners... Calm is offering a special limited time promotion. It's 40% off of a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash rue. 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library and new content is added every week. So get started today at calm.com slash rue. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash rue. We've got Mary Kay Place, the uh, best actor from the film, the LA Critics Choice. It's, what's the? It's the L.A. Critics. L.A. Film Critics Association. I think best actress for the film Diane. We're talking about um her career, a long, long career. I mean, we got to know her as from as Loretta on Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman. She had worked before that, and then after that ended, you took a, a break in the eighties. You worked, but you you sort of settled down for a minute, and then picked right back up in the nineties and was in every independent film. Uh, through the 90s and 2000s. But during that 10-year uh, period, you said that you found some coping, uh, new coping mechanisms to get through a depressive period. What were those uh, mechanisms? What did you learn? Uh, to slow the hell down, which I've constantly had to learn through my entire career because I always take on way more I'm. It takes me a long time to do certain things, and I just get overwhelmed with... I take on too much. Mm -hmm. But other people take on a lot. I know you're one of them, and it doesn't affect them in the slightest. They can just juggle all these plates, and I'm always in awe of those people, but I'm not one of them. Yeah. But I had to really, um, you know, I think we all take the um, stories of our ancestors with us, the dysfunction in the family, the addictions, whatever. Mm. There was alcohol in my family, not directly in my family, but in the family history. And there are certain dynamics that one needs to become conscious about, I think, or at least I did. I think everyone. I think everyone. If you want to evolve, you have to do an inventory of what's going on in your emotional life, your psychological life. And just to become more conscious of in dealing with working in this business and all of the pressure and the attention and the knowing how to say no mm -hmm. and take care of yourself in a good way and get enough sleep and mm. know when too much is too much. Yeah. I tended to want to please people and thank you for, you know, inviting me into your pro and trying to do things that I really couldn't do. Yeah. How did you make money during the 80s? Well, I worked enough to support myself, but I also had money that I had made. Mm -hmm. So I was, and also I don't spend a lot of money, mm -hmm. but I, I definitely worked. I just didn't have the gas pedal pushed down. Because, right. Yeah. Oh, I know. I understand very and, well. And I really needed time to just recover from the non-stop intensity of the 70s. Yeah. So I began doing uh, Jungian and uh, working with Jungian therapists in New York City, then uh, came to L.A. and at the Pacifica Graduate Institute, found a another really incredible woman therapist um, who, and all both of them worked with dreams. The one in New York is a well-known author of a lot of Jungian books, um, oh, I thought you said union, but it's Carl Jung. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> so, oh, the union must yes, be very, very good. Helpful. I love that. <laughs> they didn't do that for me. <laughs> so, um, anyway, and 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 my acting studying was Sandra Seacat, and and then later Kim Gillingham working with dream images. And what it does is build a bridge to the unconscious. And it's very healing. And it's a complicated process, which will sound very woo-woo and nuts on this show. Well, you were talking about something called a dream assignment. Yeah. Yeah. You... Are you directing yourself, kind of what to you're dream? Just, you're just, and, and this is Sandra Seacat's uh, approach. When you're working on a character, how, let's see, how do you phrase that? I have to remember how it goes. Dear inner self, please send me, if it is your will, send me a dream tonight that relates to how Diane and I intersect I don't know. I can't. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, right. And you may get one, or you may not, because right. you can't tell the unconscious and what to how do. You, right. How do you apply that to the work? You begin to uh, you write the dream down. You keep a uh, book by the bed at all times and make yourself wake up. And a lot of times you really don't want to, and dry, write down what you can remember about the dream. And then you work with images. There may be gestures. That you mm-hmm. and you get into your body and you mm-hmm. could repeat these gestures, and you do active imagination with the characters in the dream and see what the unconscious brings up, and that is the freakiest thing of all, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating. Right. What can happen, and sometimes nothing happens, because you're not in control. The unconscious is in, in yeah. control, and so everything that comes from that is a gift, but it resonates throughout your whole body, and when you're on set. If you've worked with these images and done certain exercises, it is so helpful mm-hmm. to get into this space that the intellect doesn't have access to. Ah, nice. So this is, these are gifts from the unconscious that will work in partnership with you, but you can't manipulate it. You can't tell it what to do. You can only work with what it offers. Does she have a book, right, right. Sandra? Sandra Seacat. Seacat. I don't think she has a book, um, but there are books that also talk about this approach, various yeah. books. Now, now, in 83, were you in The Big Chill? Yes. Yeah, so that paid a, that paid a few mortgage payments. Oh, that was a wonderful experience. We yeah. had a blast. Because, cause, okay, because that was in the 80s. So then after The Big Chill is when you took a... A, a small yes. chill. Yes. A, a, a bigger <laughs> chill. Yes. Yeah. You know, I've never seen The Big Chill. Oh, it's incredible. I have never seen The Big Chill. That's one you need to You know watch. who's hilarious in it beyond huh. all of is Jeff Goldblum is so funny He's in that movie. He's brilliant and everything. I mean, everybody everything. has their moment of potentially being funny, but Jeff really is funny in that movie. Yeah. Who directed Oh, that's um, uh, Bruce Beresford? No. No. Uh, it's, oh, here, the name's Jeff. You know? Hang on. Oh, yeah, she's going to get it. Oh. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan. I had a brain That's hemorrhage right. just yeah. then. <laughs> Lawrence. That's Larry, right. We all did. Right. Please forgive me. Yeah. So you, so you did work in the 80s. You just weren't you just weren't. Ambitious. But it was after the big chill that I really slowed the hell down. And I did a little bit of theater and I was trying to write a screenplay, which I'm now going to start again. Because I was too young and stupid to really get mm. about rural Texas, my grandmother's father's mother's and dad's. What town. part of Texas is it? it West Texas. It's, it's an hour from Abilene, Texas, and three south? hours from Dallas. Oh, south of of uh, Abilene. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that dumb? Don't I ask me about geography. Back. So <laughs> you're gonna get a blank stare. So um um so yeah all so then um then in the nineties um. In the early '90s, uh, you started popping up in all of these independent films, and there were be like three or four a year. So I met you at Sundance in 2000, and I think at that time you had like four or five movies in the Sundance Film Festival at that time. <laughs> what do, 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 did you pursue these? These roles, or did they pursue you? How did how did that happen? I've never been one. If I've ever tried to pursue anything, I've never gotten it. <laughs> really? <laughs> Mostly, they come to me. Yeah. Um, but 
I believe uh, Smooth Talk was one of the first ones I did with Laura Dern. Laura Dern, right. Is that Alan Rudolph? Did, no. He, no, he didn't do that. Um, that was Joyce Chopra, oh. a, a woman director from the East Coast. Uh, Alexander Payne, Citizen Ruth, that was later in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? The, his movie, Nebraska, reminds me. D- Diane reminds me a little bit of mm-hmm. that movie, Nebraska. Yes, it, I see they're, that. They're, they're they're, they could accompany each other, yeah. Uh, Manny and Lowe was another. Le- Lisa Kruger directed that film, and that came through. I was invited to the Sundance Lab. She was a mm-hmm. fellow at the lab. Mm-hmm. And uh, got into that movie that way by working with her and at Sundance, and we became we are still good friends. It was yeah. a, Scarlett Johansson when she was ten years old. Mm. Stars in that movie was it mm. Mo- Manny and who? Manny and Low, uh-huh. and it's a beautiful little film. Huh. So that was that was uh, an important one, and uh, I'm trying to think of. There's so many. I was it the shape, the object, the safety of the, sh- the shape of the, no, the ob- safety, safety of object. objects. Objects. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, but there were a t- there were a lot, and I'm, I don't expect you to remember all these titles, but there were a lot, and your career just it hasn't slowed down since then. So, are you able to apply all of those Jungian uh, techniques that you learned uh, in the work today? Yes, I employed it very much so in Diane. I don't need it for many jobs yeah. because the material isn't deep enough right. to warrant all of that. It's very clear cut what I should be doing and it doesn't I don't have to go there, but in Diane I definitely had to go there. Mhm. And enjoyed going there and I don't think I could have given the same performance had I done that movie, Diane, 20 years ago. Right. I mean, it really, the accumulation of my experience allowed me to do that movie in the way that I did. It absolutely shows. Even the body language, uh, the frustration, you know, because if you are watching this movie, you are in it for the experience and you're in it for the duration because there are very quiet moments it the the ending which i won't give away is so beautiful it is so beautiful and it reminds every human what it's like to be invested in a life on this planet and the stillness and and where uh where the beauty comes from there's a few movies that um that do this thing uh i think it's um um American American Beauty does this at the end where it's like it ends with this sort of gif. And, you know, throughout life, you have these gifs, these sort of three-second scenarios. Fragments. Fragments yeah. that, that don't mean, but they somehow stick in your brain uh-huh. and you always remember them. Uh, 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 Diane has that and uh, American Beauty and this movie with um, uh, uh, that Jodie Foster directed called Home for the Holidays has one of those things. In really? It. Have you ever directed anything? Yes, I've directed television. When I tried to write my Texas movie, the first time I started directing for TV so that I could prepare myself to, if it ever came to pass, direct this movie. It was mm-hmm. the only thing I, movie I'd ever be interested in directing. But I failed in the script. What do you mean? Well, it just, it was fine. I mean, I... I Probably might have been able to get it made, but it wasn't special. It didn't transcend to that next level, and I thought, I don't have it. You're talking about And that directing. was part of the reason I had the, so, the depression. I needed, my body needed to rest, and that's right. the real reason. But I just was, I thought, oh, my God, I can't believe you can't write this. It was so upsetting to me. But I wasn't ready to write it. Yeah. But you did direct an episode of some television stuff? Oh, more than one episode, a series of episodes. Of what show? Um, oh, I can't think of anything right now no, because I was right. up till two thirty in the morning working on this speech. Oh, thank goodness! <laughs> uh, your your producers did a show. She's a comedy writer, and she had her own show. Oh, Whitney oh, Cummings. No, um, you're talking about um, um, uh, um, what's her name? Um, Jimmy Harry's old girlfriend. Oh, uh, she had a show. Okay, yeah, there, gone brain. Help I me. I flooded the engine, Michelle. Help me. I fl- okay. Please edit Laura, this. Laura 
Kite Linger. Kite Linger. Yes. Oh, Lord, Kite I, dir- I directed some of her shows. Yes. I did a Lassie. I did um, Baby. Lassie? The yes, dog? There was a Lassie revival. A reboot? There's probably been 100,000 reboots, uh-huh. but I directed an actual Lassie, and the sad truth was the trainer was an alcoholic, and he had <laughs> aren't they? brought no, the dog to the- I was going to say, aren't they all? The, no, no, that's not I true. Not. Brought the dog Lassie to the set, and Lassie did not know how to do any of her training. What? No! Or n- not one thing, so they say don't that's work with point. children and dogs, yeah. but I said, well, I, I've experienced that now, and I was so mad at him. I said, you didn't do your homework, sir. Oh, oh. And so that dog, we had to do 9,400,000 takes because oh, the dog dear. would not do what, and it was Lassie. Yeah. Yeah, I can't have yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but Baby Boom. Uh, the TV show. Based on the movie uh-huh. that Ch- uh, Chuck and Nancy uh, Shires Meyer yeah. uh, produced. And others, sh- I did a Friends episode. Really? Oh. That was the only multiple camera I did. I was determined to do single camera and learn about that. But what it really taught me, and and uh, I enjoyed it very much, but I'm not interested in doing it now. But it taught me the the full, that every single job on the set is so crucial. Mm-hmm. And that everybody has, it's like we're a big circle and everybody's putting their energy into the center to create mm-hmm. this thing. Mm-hmm. And to have respect for every single department. Mm-hmm. Because they're all so important and and not to be late to the set and yeah. to come prepared and to yeah. have your homework done. That's and true. to honor each and and I loved that collaboration and always have been, whether it's as a director or an actor, just the family, the community that's created with each project we do. You know, there was um <clears throat> there was a scene in Age Eight that I had to do that was an emotional scene, but before they yelled action, um they were they were having to do some carpentry work above my head, and I'm yes. thinking, oh my goodness, oh, I, I, am I going to scream? What am I going to do? It turned out to be fine. Uh-huh. But what do you do in that situation where you've got you're about to do you're about to unfold some stuff in the context of action and cut, but they're hammering <laughs> a nail next to your head yes. before they yell action. What do you do? In that situation, I have been totally frustrated and out of my mind over these things for years. But now, in my old age, I've taken <laughs> up, even though I've tried 500 times to do meditation, I finally created a real practice of mindful meditation. And I just close my eyes and I start following my breath. And it helps so much, I can't tell mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I I did that too in this situation. I yeah. did that, but it was a hammer, and it <laughs> no, was above my head. It, no, it's challenging. There's no yeah. question. But could you move away briefly? Yeah, like could you go I, off? I couldn't because the, the the hammering had to do with a lighting situation. They could have brought in my stand-in and everything, but it was. Um, but you couldn't just go off four feet in a corner or somewhere and get out at least from under the immediate hammering. I could do that, but you know, the whole set, everybody is doing as much noisy stuff as they can <laughs> before they always, yell action. Always. So no, where, when, where I went, it was going to be just crazy Michigas. Well, that's part of the challenge, isn't yeah. it? And always has been to f- go into an inner place and 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 according to this mindfulness, going to a Mary Kay place. Yes, Thank the you. Mary Kay place. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know to take that sound and integrate it. Just uh-huh. say, "Bring it on! Use Welcome it. to the party!" Yeah, yeah. Learn how to let it be part of the whole thing, and that's why practicing on a daily basis is important because that's not easy. Yeah, we're going to go to break, but um, do you still study? Do you? I mean, and if you stopped, when did you stop? At what study point? Study acting. Yeah. I don't study acting in a class, although I, you know, it might be fun at some point. But I, mainly because I literally do not have time. But I will go to workshops mm-hmm. and things to um, further explore the dream work and mm-hmm. med- I would meditation. I think is really important before work. Yeah, imagine okay. being an actor and being in class. For years, I'd sit there and I'd be like, I am so bored because you're watching students do their scenes or you have a teacher that you don't really love, but you, you know, you're kind of- You need and to then, get out of those classes. 100% switch when you, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but then somebody like Mary Kate Place comes in 
and comes in on your class and you're like, what? Um, yeah. What's she doing here? She's amazing. But being able to learn from a legend or learn from somebody right. who just wants to refresh yeah. and is in the class. Sure. Taking the class. Yeah. Imagine what that would be like as a student uh, to get to see, you know, it's like doing a scene with Jane Fonda, which yeah. you could speak about. Right. You're right. basically taking a master class. But being able to see that work being done in a class would be so helpful instead of students all ages just being bored out of their mind. <laughs> when I was on... Um, Let's see. I think it was my so-called life. Mm -hmm. I had a scene in a hospital. And I before I understood the dream work, I had some weird version of method acting where I was literally kind of torturing myself, mm. putting myself in a, you know, to, to cry in mm -hmm. a scene. Mm -hmm. It was so damaging and toxic, this, what I interpreted to be the way they were teaching. And I was off kilter, but... And I went back to the Stella Adler School in Hollywood with my niece, who's, and we went to beginning acting class, mm. she and I, and she was a beginning actor. I wasn't, but I pretended. I said, I just want to see, I'm going to erase everything I've yeah. known and just see what this will bring me. It was one of the best classes I've ever taken. Oh, amazing. And I'd already been acting for 20 some odd no years. No way. Did they recognize years. you? Maybe, but they, nobody cared. Yeah. But I mean, everybody was worried about their own thing, but I would get hung up on some working it to death idea about uh -huh. the assignment, and my niece would just go in with no knowledge and uh -huh. do it beautifully. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, you're thinking too much. Yeah, you're yeah. engaging your intellect too much. Uh -huh. So, but now I, I occasionally will go to a dream workshop at Pacifica Graduate Institute where they just, their work with dreams is so amazing. I have to look that up. That yeah. sounds fascinating. Uh, but I don't, I don't do class. Yeah. So we're talking about acting, her career, which is a, a amazing career, you know, as an actor in this town, as a writer, as a director. And now she's currently in the movie Diane, which I just loved so much, so much. But you know what's missing? You know, in uh, today, um, people watch television or they watch movies with their smartphones. Uh -huh. This is not the kind of movie you would watch with your smartphone. No, you because it, it, in the rhythm, the pacing is part of the narrative. You know what I mean? Well, you watch it on a plane, which isn't much better well, as far as the screen goes. But well, well, and they uh, edit them sometimes on planes. Really well, this funky. this wasn't. This was is Air France. Unedited? You know, this is Air France. You know, George and I were coming back from Paris. Oh, that's right. We were the only ones in first class. <gasps> what? So it's How like we had amazing. a room. We had this room. Uh, and they were just waiting on you hand and yes, foot. How nice. Just us. Just the two of us. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, the pacing of this movie is absolutely masterful. I mean, would you agree? I mean, what would you, I, I wouldn't say what would you compare it to, but um, how would you prepare someone to uh, watch this movie? Well, I, I would prefer them to watch it in a dark room yes. with no interruptions. <laughs> Yes. No cell phones, no pauses to answer the phone and, mm. or go to the bathroom or anything. Because you want to be enveloped by the world that is Diane lives in. Mm -hmm. And for not all people, but for some people in the second half, there's some kind of thing that happens. Mm -hmm. This transcendent feeling of some kind. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I would pref I think that your chances of experiencing that, and I'm sure it's described differently by everyone who's experienced it, but for any any experience to come from this movie, I think you need to really be focused on it with l l no outside interruptions yeah. Yeah. and and quiet. Yeah. Well, that's, we were talking about that earlier with the whole uh, uh, net, Netflix versus direct TV thing. I know that you are, uh, you know, you are devoted to your Netflix, your or direct, direct TV. TV. Yeah. But the, uh, you know. Well, not since it was repurchased, but right. bless its heart. It's been repurchased. It was lovely in the early days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, but that's the thing is you're talking about going to and updating your, your, your sense of acting. The same is true with electronics 
with the whole the programming and all that stuff. It's actually easier than you're thinking it is because the computer is the key. You know, when I travel, I travel with an HDMI cable. So in Paris, I just connected the cable to uh, the television to my computer. So my computer has the internet. On my computer, I have Netflix. So I just watch... Right on the TV. Right on the TV. Yeah. Because, you, you know, you flick the TV to the input. input oh, to, right on the TV in yeah. the room? In the room, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And it was... And it was uh, I wish they had a class where you could just go and learn all these <laughs> things. I mean, they do. They do. And you can look on YouTube too, Mary Kay. <laughs> I can, but I need assistance. Yeah. I need someone it's, to say, this means this. This is the hole right here. Yeah. Plug it in there. Yeah. 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 And honestly, that class would take about 45 seconds. Right. <laughs> I'm telling you, I use YouTube for everything. To find that hole, you can find that hole find right that on hole. YouTube. They'll point it out and say, this I is gotta the one. I got to go get the, you use the Apple TV app? Uh, yes, Apple TV. And then what happens is you take it from your laptop or even from your phone. Yeah. It goes right up to the TV. That's and then you right. can watch it on your big TV. But you need a smart phone. TV, right? You just need Aren't to have- they all smart They're all TV? smart now. <laughs> well, I have one that's connected to my DVD player, which I really like because I have so many DVDs yes. that yeah. I need for work to reference directors yeah. or actors or shows or whatever. Right. Yeah. And belonging to all the academies, I have so many DVDs yes. up the wazoo. Yeah, well, don't give them away. But the truth is, if you, uh, you could do a search on Apple TV and a lot of those movies will come up. Because yeah. they're already digital. They're already digital. Yeah. 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 It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. And I mean, I, I think that's the whole gist of what we've been talking about is the ability to sort of um, transform yourself, whether it's in an acting scene, whether it's while they're hammering a light above your head before the action, or, you know, coming off of this huge blockbuster movie, The Big Chill, and deciding, uh, I need a bur- I need a chill, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. an interesting thing of, of being able to navigate this life. Well, you know, so far in your life, have you done a good job of navigating this thing? Well, I have at certain periods, I think I'm doing the best job the older I get, but I have struggled through various phases because I had, it was, I never experienced, you know, it was all new experiences. So I didn't know my life got way complicated. Mm -hmm. And, and again, there are many people who just take that on. They love it. They go crazy. But I, I... I would be overwhelmed by yeah. certain things. Yeah. Well, uh, probably not so much now, though. Probably not so much now. No, but I'm still wired in such a way that a lot of intensity and in the atmosphere, my fuses start to get blown. You know, that actually shows in your acting. There's a certain vulnerability and a certain uh, sensitivity, edge, sensitivity yeah. which is why people hire you. Because you can see this sort of, definitely in the movie Diane, you could see this sort of, She's strong, she's coping, but there is a point of, uh, there's a frustration uh, that comes through in this movie. And it actually uh, tells the story of, of America, uh, the frustration we have with what, how things are working out for us, you know? It's a rough, weird time. It oh, is it a is. rough, weird time. But you guys were talking about 1976. It feels like we're going backwards. I was just going to say, but when I reflect back about that summer, um, you know, the Manson murders, yeah. we all thought this was love, uh, free love and peace. Uh-huh. And after Woodstock, people could get along and everything would be great. And then these horrific murders occur and we yeah. go not so fast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, so I guess in some ways... There's always turmoil. It there just is. when you look back, it just seems like it's now. Right, but, right. But we've, I think each year may present its own challenges. Yeah, we've romanticized a lot of that—the summer of love and all that kind of stuff. Because the, when you look at the hippies, you realize uh, most of them were just posers. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, sure. Yeah, because I—they had all this political rap that coming from Oklahoma, we were ten full years behind. Uh huh. In the culture. <laughs> uh huh. So. I just didn't know what the hell was going on with these political stances they yeah. had. And so I was really listening hard and studying and thinking, well, that sounds like bullshit. Uh-huh. Well, that's pretty, oh, another bullshitter. Yeah. There yeah. were so many posers. 
Yeah. And you could spot them a mile off. Yep. Yeah, because they all became, uh, you know, Wall Street bankers. Not all of them, but they, you know, they all, in fact, even in my generation in the East Village, you know, all the punks and the, you know, the, you know, the gorgeous messes, you know, they all reverted back to what their parents were doing eventually. Because inevitably, would... that's what we, ha- what that's, we know. That's what we know. And, uh, and then on the other hand, you can't blame people for wanting to experiment and push sure. themselves out. And I don't want to judge that poser because he was trying to, yeah. he was trying on a sure. new thing. And, sure. and we should be allowed to do that, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. Well, Mary Kay Place, Thank you so much for coming to talk to us. What a blast. Well, no, it was, you, I, you're so interesting and have, you've had such a wild, interesting ride in this town, which spits people out. You know, it's a, it's an anomaly that, you know, that an actor can last as long as you have. It was a joy working with you on AJ and the Queen. I can't wait to see our episode. Yeah, it's on streaming right now. And uh, uh, I had so much fun working with you. It was it was brilliant. I loved our scenes together. Yes. Wait till you see these outfits and characters he plays <laughs> in our episode. What episode do you know? It's the town is, um, the kid has, uh, I think it's Baton Rouge. Okay, so yes, I'm not there. Yes, Baton Rouge. I'm on it's Columbus. Yeah, you're in Columbus. Yes, I'm yeah. in Columbus yeah. right now. So anyway, uh, the movie is called Diane. You got to see this film uh, if you're flying on Air France. <laughs> <laughs> or the sisters, because I think Air France is American. It is American, yes. So yes. like um, British Airways. British Airways, yeah. So they'll all. So I get to see it. Yes, yes. I can't wait. Fabulous. And fingers crossed you get a nomination for best actress on Monday. That's what that's my Dessert. prayer. I think that's a long shot. Well, we didn't have screeners. You know, we you did know? get streaming at the last minute, but a very small percentage. Well, you never know. I'm still going to cross my fingers. Thank I said the same you. thing Thank about you. Glenn Thank for the you. wife. I was obsessed with that movie. Nobody really saw it. Right. I watched it on a plane just. It was brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Was yes. Amazing. And she I was nominated. It. The same can happen for yeah, you. That's right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mary Kay Place. We'll see you in the movies, in the magazines, and in our dreams. Sandra Seacast. Dreams. <laughs> Sandra Seacast. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Thank you. And Michelle. Yes. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. Wonderful. It's great to have you it's back. It's been a long journey, but I'm here. I, we'll talk about that. And in I'm some... here. <laughs> yes. We'll talk about that in the next podcast. Yes, baby. All right. Until then. Bye. 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 Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? If you can't love yourself. How in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Amen.